Yeah, let's get this party started. And it's a beautiful day to have a beautiful day. GM, GM. On this beautiful day, you hold it in that piece. With Morocco, San Fernando, got the Alpha on Web 3. And it's all on the road radio. It's a beautiful day to have a beautiful day. Yo, 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 what up, what up, good morning, good morning, GM, GM, what day is it, is it? Tuesday, Tuesday, <laughs> November 15th, 2022, look at that, another beautiful day to have a beautiful day, I got my co-host in the house, Mando, OSF, how y'all doing? GM guys, how you guys doing? GM man, how are you? I'm vibing. Oh, Mando's got his new setup going. Let's go. Should we do a little like rug check? Like a real rug check he, one, two? He sounds the same. Does you he? You think? Yeah. Yeah, your shit's not connected. <laughs> no, it's, it is connected. <laughs> I mean, you don't have that smooth radio voice. Oh, my God. Don't, don't tell me this. Don't tell me this. Taking me, take so, me six so months again. to get this set up. <laughs> so Mando is the smartest person I know. And he can't get the cables plugged in right. And we've been giving him so much shit in the, in the group chat. Um, it's, it's not my fault. Not my fault. To be fair, I'm like it, not known for being technical in any way. Like, I'm, I'm, it's I'm fine. bad at all you, that stuff. You, oh, you're the macro dad. Always taking me to piss out, taking the piss out of me for it. But I think I think we're now we're now you know studio quality. We've all got the same. I think hopefully. I mean, we, OSF and I do. Um, that's for sure. Um, I mean, let's give it a shot though. Let's give it a shot. We're here. We got a minute. Like we can let the people come into the show and and and, and share the spaces as usual. We have some incredible titles today, as usual. And a, what a guest, CEO of Uniswap, joining us as well. But Mando, let, let's give it a shot. So, are you are you are, are you plugged into the phone? Like, is your Ugreen connected to the single jack Apple thing? I think it's connected to the double jack. I've got a single jack. So should I change it over and see what happens? Yes, you should. Because you, you, you give feedback. It sounds like you're talking to your phone without a mic. So clearly the mic is not connected to the phone. Um, that's what we're getting here. Ovi, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing, <laughs> how about doing, now? doing pretty well. Yeah. Oh, oh, hold on. Oh, let's that, hear it. Let's hear it. No. Really? I think, it, I think it is. I think it is. Is it? I mean, the audience could tell us. I mean, JC, are you like, how are you feeling about Mando's audio? I mean, I think it's it's just good. Let's 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 keep going. Let's see what's going. On. <laughs> I think it's fine. Come on, you guys are killing me here. No, I swear to God, OSF sounds like so smooth in my headphones, and you don't. Maybe you just we can test after the show, man. If you want. <laughs> maybe maybe right. it's just his voice. Maybe it's just his voice. Yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe it's voice. just his, his voice. natural yeah. voice. <laughs> I did tell Mando before coming to the show. I said, let's, let's run a two-minute sound check before we get started. But anyways, let's get right into the show. Today on the show, NFT plus macro daily summary as usual. The Bordy Biot Club floor is free-falling. Uh, my co-hosts in, uh, in, uh, in disbelief um, and the liquidation stuff. But that's, again, like it's, it's sensationalism a lot. Uh, I'm obviously kidding, but it's like a lot of the liquidation stuff that used to not happen before. And I was listening to Franklin Space yesterday. 
I don't think it's as big of a deal that um, a lot of people are, are talking about. Uh, special guest today. Special guest. Mary Catherine Later. A Web3 Climate Policy NYC. But most importantly, COO of Uniswap. So I cannot wait uh, to talk uh, to Mary, uh, especially in a time where we really need uh, more of that, uh, more of that DeFi. So we're going to talk all things DeFi and the importance of it uh, with with Mary. Can't wait to chat about that. Also, uh, some news: uh, USDC adds like uh, support for Apple Pay uh, and a bunch of other stuff that happened this morning, as usual. Uh, you know, maybe quickly touch on the New York Times article. Uh, of SBF, but though I personally like, I'm I'm just sick of the guy. But at this stage, like, I think we're gonna stop giving him any more air. But that did happen. And on top of this, I got my little brother texting me saying right now, uh, Ronaldo is dropping an NFT collection. Please do something. Okay, uh, so there's that as well. And then, <laughs> last but not least, <laughs> today's show partner is Gakoverse. So we come at the end of the show. And last but not least, but most importantly, we're extremely excited, happy, proud to announce. Our, our, our partnership, our media partnership with, uh, you know, Uniswap, uh, the most trusted name in DeFi here. I see I see you, Scott, uh, in the audience and some of the team. So big shout out to Uniswap. I pinned it at the top. Uh, we announced that last night. Uh, so you know what to do. Give it some love. Give it some shares. And uh, we're really excited about this and uh, for the coming months. Um, you know, if you read Hayden Adams' uh, tweet uh, the other day, I'll pin it at some point. But, you know, it's shipping season for Uniswap. So uh, I think you guys are going to be excited for, for what's coming next. So with that, with that, with that, let's get right into it. Daily Market Report. Brought to you by Rug Radio. Okay, what's the word? Yeah, hey, good morning, guys. It's uh, it's another very, very, very strong day in the macro world and the traditional finance world. So um, today you had the PPI numbers. It's not something we talk about a lot on this show because a lot of the focus has been on CPI. So CPI is Consumer Price Index. PPI is Producer Price Index. And it's usually not something that causes a lot of volatility. Um, but this morning, it's definitely causing a big rally in the macro world. That's because the number that it came at um, was materially lower than expectation. So um, the uh, the actual PPI number, I think the consensus for that was 8.3%. That number came in at 8%. Um, so that shows you an 8% uh, year-on-year increase in producer prices. And then more importantly, the producer, the core PPI, so again, core in the case of uh, CPI and PPI means excluding the price impacts of food and energy, so core PPI came in at 6.7% versus 7.2% expectations. That's a 0.5% um, miss, if you like. I don't know. Miss is a kind of like a, an ambiguous term here. But um, that so we've, we've had in, in, in the space of the last um, four days, I guess, you've had CPI coming lower than expected and you've had PPI coming lower than expected. So it does show you that there's a lot of inflation pressures actually relieving in the U.S., it's definitely a US driven thing here, like in, in Europe and especially in the UK, like the UK has the inflation number tomorrow. That expectation is 10.7%, which is an increase versus last month. So I think the US is definitely leading this move. Um, but once again, it's another sign of things slowing down in terms of the economy. PPI is definitely a good indicator of the economy um, and that inflationary pressures are subsiding. So that's why you're seeing a huge rally in equities like the Nasdaq is up almost 3% again today. Like it's, it's now at 12K. 
the S&P 500 is up almost 2%. It's, it's decently above 4K now. So we're back to levels now that we haven't seen since, I don't know, like, um, haven't seen since early September. So before this whole crash we had in, in at the beginning of Q4. Uh, and on top of that, we're seeing a decent rally in interest rates, as you would expect, like, um, 10-year rates are now back to 3.8%. They're as high as 4.3% just a few weeks ago, or just a few days ago, actually. Um, so, yeah, just a huge, huge rally in macro. I think, once again, this is yet another data point that is going to put pressure on the Fed come December when they have their FOMC meeting. And, you know, the market consensus has been that they would increase the interest rates by 75 basis points. I think there is now a pretty strong case for them actually lowering the magnitude of their increase and communicating um, some policy maybe changes or, or indicate of it for 2023, which would bring forward the um, the easing cycle and um, and cause a rally in equities. And, and, and indeed, we're seeing that rally in equities right now. Crypto is is still lagging a lot. Um, ETH is at 1275. We're kind of like tapping on, on, the, uh, on the door of 1300. Bitcoin is, is back above 17K. Um, there's actually a decent rally in altcoins. But yeah, crypto is still definitely lagging with the whole... FTX mist still still lingering and and the dust yet to settle on that. Um, but look, I I'll say the same thing as I said yesterday and on Friday. I think it's especially with like another constru- I mean constructive is the wrong word, but another macro print that shows that it's, the Fed is going to be under pressure to reduce the magnitude of the hikes. Um, it's causing macro risk assets to rally, and it's just like another another push point for crypto. And look, if, if nothing comes of this of of the FTS contagion, there's no big liquidations to come. I think um, you can still see an aggressive move upwards in crypto. So we'll see how that pans out. But yeah, crypto is still lagging macro, uh, and it's tough to ignore the huge, huge, huge moves we've seen in macro in the last two or three days now. Yeah, I, I was reading about this whole PPI stuff this morning, so I was obviously excited to, to, to listen to what you're saying. So what it looks like Bitcoin's at seventeen. It's twelve seventy five, Matic ninety five cents, and then Solana still around fourteen dollars. Um, and so, what? Anything else? Any other indications that we should be looking forward to, or or whatnot? Like, what? What does this all mean? Yeah, it's just look. Every people are so so fixated on economic data now because they really want to get a sense of it. It's it's weird. It's like you want the data to be bad. You want to see signs that the economy is like slowing down. Like paradoxically, because even though that's bad for the economy. Um, it means it puts more fresh pressure on the Fed to um, start their cutting cycle sooner than maybe the market expects. And remember, like the thing you have to remember is equities always price in future expectations, right? So we had a huge sell-off in, in stocks and risk assets this year that was in anticipation of the Fed increasing interest rates. That was in anticipation of the US going into recession, and it probably will still go into recession, and it will probably be quite a bad recession. But you know, if, because the whatever's whatever's happening, maybe the monetary policy is working or um, you know, maybe the economy is slowing down. It's probably a combination of both because inflation is slowing, it's slowing down. Um, and it, that is working like the first piece of the puzzle, um, is kind of being addressed and it's kind of being solved here. Right. Um, so if you have inflation lower again next month, that's five months in a row that it will be lower and it's really on, on the, in, in the right direction. And the next thing is, well, can the, can maybe the fed like, you know, stop its policy and, and, and do a pivot, like, right before the time we get into we would get into a really bad recession and can they kind of steer this thing into a soft landing and maybe things won't be as bad as everyone feared and and, and dreaded basically and that's the thing like people were just so bearish 
and the, the bearish momentum mentality has built up for so long over the course of this year. You, you got into the end of you got into the beginning of Q4, and everyone's like, okay, I'm really underweight or I'm really short. I don't have the risk on. And now what's going on is people are being what we call stopped into the market. So you can get stopped out when you hit your stop losses and you have to sell all your risk. Being stopped in is the exact opposite. Like if you're a big asset manager like BlackRock or Pimco, and you're managing billions and billions of dollars and you've sold everything, and you start to see the economic backdrop changing and risk assets rallying, you then have to like force buy back in because your whole goal is to like outperform certain benchmarks uh, when you're managing that much money. It's not about like being up or down. It's about outperforming the S&P or outperforming NASDAQ or whatever your benchmark is. So a lot of these guys are now getting stuck in the market, stopped back in, having sold a lot of risk earlier this year. And that's a concept that can be very, very powerful and cause a lot of technical buying pressure, especially if this macro backdrop keeps, uh, keeps adapting the way it is. Wow. You're really, you're really good at explaining this stuff. I, damn. Like, you know, when they say explain it to me, like I'm five years old, like I literally now can go back and give, uh, and give my friends uh, a whole resume on what's going on in the market. Pio, good morning. What's up? We got a special guest up here. Uh, well, I agree. I'm not a special guest, but thank you. And I agree uh, <laughs> that I, I, I'm just like you, Farouk. I'm just listening to OSF. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds really simple. Thanks for breaking it down. Purely simple. Um, yeah, I just want to pop up to congratulate you guys on the partnerships with Uniswap and with Nike and just share that, you know, this morning when we were doing the weather report um, and I noticed that Signal hadn't put the Nike news in there, I, you know, proactively, like on the fly, I mean, you know, nothing too crazy, but I just like brought it up and I like congratulated you guys. And then someone tweeted at me that you guys didn't have a partnership with Nike. You had a partnership with Uniswap. So my heart sunk into my stomach and I was like, shit, did, was that not public info? And Nick like just told me that in a call yesterday. And I, cause I didn't see tweets. Nick just told me and I, I was panicked at like 10 AM this morning. I was literally panicked and I was like, well, Frog's not texting me. And I think Mando was in the crowd. So maybe I didn't do anything wrong. I was fucking so scared. You did nothing wrong. You did nothing wrong. Sharing <laughs> yeah. alpha again. The, I, I, I texted Nick and I was like, yo, was that public knowledge? I like reconfirmed with him two or three times. And then he started fucking with me. He's like, who's the asshole now? Like, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> You're fine. You, you're actually not saying anything wrong. Uh, we were we were chosen as uh, Nike's media partners yesterday for day one of their journey and their foray into Web3. So I pinned that at the top for the official report in Nike's dot swoosh launch event. Which was in collaboration with us. So basically, like, there's going to be a, a series of events for Nike and announcements. Which is this is not alpha is what they said yesterday on Space, but their day one, like their first stage, where they had a media blackout until yesterday, six thirty a.m. Pacific Standard Time, which is when everything went out. Then my tweet went out at ten a.m. Eastern, and then the spaces that was like their first, like, in a way, like public appearance outside of like the main, like just uh, the articles that went out for PR. So it was a really big deal. Um, we're pretty happy and then the Uniswap thing just so happened to be same day announcements so we're like ah <laughs> two in one but C yeah appreciate you P.O. how was how was the trip to the Bahamas like did you in like the local conversations oh, yeah, you had what, what were people like well, I well, heard oh, that, you saw uh, his BF I can totally, <laughs> I, I can totally, totally talk about that for a sec. But yeah, okay. Well, congratulations. Uh, you know, love love the show, and I'm just glad that I didn't fuck up because you, I was, you did not, and we appreciate you for mentioning that. It means a lot. A lot. 
Yeah, I was physically hot. You know, I was trying to be supportive and I was like, did I just like break something? Because I'm like bad about that. I, I try to be really focused on on not saying the wrong thing. Okay. But yeah, no, no, the Bahamas was, was interesting. It's just funny to me how many people were telling us to stay safe before we went. Like people were really, really intense about us staying safe. And it kind of got in my head a little bit when we were there. I, we talked about this a few times, but like we literally had our team reach out to bodyguard like agency, I guess you could say say so we had bodyguards on deck that could have flown out from florida they would have been like a thousand bucks a day and i'm so glad that we didn't do that because that would have been the most ridiculous thing that anyone could have done like nassau in the bahamas is literally a resort island it's a resort island and so it was like one of the safer safest places that i've ever been and people were acting like i was going into syria mid war zone or something like that i'm like dude like this is a place that tourists go to uh but you know i didn't want to mess with like the bohemian government on this because i have to think that from like a government and law enforcement perspective besides local crime this is Without a doubt, the biggest story that they're interacting with over the past, I don't know, three months, like what the hell else is happening at this scale in the Bahamas besides local crime? And, <laughs> and, you know what I mean? So like, yeah, so I, I didn't want to do that. And at one point, I think Nick already put the video out. Nick gets like approached by security guards. I'm not going to lie. I was scared as fuck. I was like, are dude, we I saw get, you like, like barricaded your bedroom. I was like, dude, what? <laughs> well, that was the first night. That, was that a that's shit when post? I thought, no, no, that was dead serious the first night because, dude, everybody's in my DMs being like, stay safe. And in my head, I'm like, dude, in my music video directing days, I made a hip hop video in a crack house in the projects in New York. That's an actual dangerous situation. Being in a resort in the Bahamas is not a dangerous situation. Dude, I, I loved your, you guys' post like, um, like, oh, this is a very dangerous place and this very dangerous resort and this very dangerous environment. And then you have like this beautiful like four-star, five-star, whatever hotel in the background. <laughs> exactly. I mean, people got big mad, big mad over the jokes. What I was mean, the so sentiment over there? Like the common, yeah. like, what, did the common folks like know that? Like, was there like a sentiment of like, like, or was it just like they're not in tune with the crypto world and that stuff? I think that there were a lot of people that followed us for the first time because of like the initial content, like that first video Nick put out got like pretty good like reach or whatever. So new people followed us. And then like at the beginning, I mean, it was pretty serious. And like, like I said, so many people were reaching out telling me to stay safe. And I've never like done something like this before where there's like a criminal situation in a foreign country and I flew there. Like, I can't say that I've ever done it. So I think the tone of like the first maybe five or six things that we dropped on Twitter was one tone. And then we started doing like joke shit as we got more comfortable. And the joke stuff definitely made people like big mad. So I just muted so many people over the past 72 hours. It was fantastic yeah the mute buttons um i was teaching jc actually about the mute button this morning um it's a great button <laughs> it's like it's like putting a kid on the at the corner and you you can hear him but you know he's just in the corner so <laughs> Yeah, I mean the, the best the best part is that people will try to like go at you over like every little thing. There a lot of people were like you didn't really go to the Bahamas. That was like a narrative people were spinning. They're like, "Nah, you didn't go to the Bahamas." I was like, "Well, that's an interesting angle." <laughs> yeah. I mean that it, it was funny you guys for you guys to go. You saw me of course. I was like, "Let's go." Like <laughs> 
<laughs> I thought y'all's content was better than some of the content um, we got to see over the weekend. But uh, <laughs> um, I definitely enjoyed um, uh, the Bahamas. Maybe uh, we do a Nifty Portal Rug Radio special uh, in the Bahamas, of course, for work uh, one day. Uh, and uh, right, of course, like I we like have it. to report. <laughs> I like it. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pumped about all future rug radio uh, collabs that, that we do. But um, no, pre- love the show. Congrats on the um, on the partnerships, guys. And just I'm glad that I didn't mess up and, and break info that I wasn't supposed to do. You're good. It's all pinned at the top now. All the info is there. It's all over. It's on our socials. But yeah, it was fun. It was uh, it was fun little special event um, that we got. And hopefully, uh, hopefully you guys will see more uh, to come out of this. So Big shout out to them. Uh, big, big, big shout out to them. Especially because I saw someone tweet that they had friends at Nike saying like they don't usually like go on other like sp- like they don't do that. Like they only run through their own social like platform. So, um, I I gotta tell you, Peel, one more thing before we're gonna move on to NFTs. But like before this, like as someone who's done it a lot, I was dude, I was sweating bricks. I was so stressed out. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, about the night yeah i did going up before hosting i was like yo <laughs> i was super stressed but uh we did it we did it all right so anyways 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 we want to hear mando's amazing beautiful uh voice coming out of his new setup because yeah he's finally got it and we're gonna try it but first Who is the man, macro daddy of the land? Can you dig it? DMGM, everyone. So, yeah, not a great, not a great couple of days, I think, for the NFT market. It's been pretty, pretty brutal. Although it did seem to, it did seem to bottom. I think yesterday, okay. at least, board apes went on like a bit of a crazy run, and a lot of been has been spoken about this for like the last. Um, I guess twenty four hours because it's it goes back to this Bendow situation, which which maybe we'll refresh slightly. But a bunch of different people use Bendow to get liquidity on their NFT assets. That's across Board Apes, Mutants, Punks, Azuki, but Board Apes in particular. I think there's three hundred or so apes um, being used at any one time um, uh, for Bendow Bendow auctions. Um, Sorry, not auctions, at least uh, for borrowing. Uh, and it went ahead because when the floor price dips, then a bunch of different uh, apes go up to auction. And there was some talk about yesterday that there'd been some gamification of this, try and intentionally um, drop the price because you, there's also a bonus when you then become the first bidder on some of these auctions. Um, so as it dropped, it felt like there were some incentives from people to drop it further because then um, it would cause these auctions to... to to happen and you could be the first bidder and i think it's it's a small amount i think it's between like 0.5 to 1 ETH being the first bidder on some of these auctions but uh it's enough that that there was incentives for people to do it and this has been going for a while i think it was it, it's a bit of you know 50 50 here like uh, clearly the the market hadn't felt good but it does mean that when the market doesn't feel good people intentionally try and potentially undercut people uh, around the floor price but it, overnight, a bunch of them traded. I think it dipped all the way down to like forty nine, even at one stage, and now it went back up to like fifty seven, fifty eight area, which is kind of where they um, where they were at yesterday, uh, which is still down. Like board apes were trading at seventy um, before the FTX uh, thing happened, and now they're ten ETH lower. So that's quite a big move. And obviously, uh, crypto punks in that time haven't moved really at all. I think they're flat. Um, but across the board, NFTs. Um, have definitely not felt good. So 
this is across like mutants i think uh are close to dipping below double digits um nearly going into to like nine i think here they're just above which would be the first time in a long time that that's happened um and then it still hasn't been good like across all the other like top top collections uh i think you've seen doodles kind of now at 60 clone x clones are holding in okay um there's obviously a lot coming out over the next couple of weeks with the Animus project, it looks like, for Clonex, which is going to be a really cool thing to, to have happen. Um, but I think that's one of the, the main, main drops for that for that whole project. And I think they were kind of half revealing it yesterday on the Nike on, on the Nike stage, right, that they've got a lot, lot coming over the next week or so. Um, but yeah, across the board, like it's not been great to look at. And th- that was kind of what we said yesterday, but it's just kind of continued, except for Normally, normally, like the top top collections don't really move in this in this uh, in this scenario. But this time, board apes have moved. Um, they've moved pretty dramatic, dramatically, and mainly, I think, due to the number of liquidations um, happening at Bendow. So this one has not. Um, this sell off has not really been forgiving for for anything. Um, so yeah. yeah, it's um, it's it was interesting to see last night. I mean, look, it's just like obviously, like I saw a lot of like um, Franklin like comments on the timeline and whatnot and at first like my first like impression is like oh well i mean obviously he's like kind of like manipulating this market for board apes and like he's trying to do his thing and he's been very open about it and like i was like yeah but how does that like help like what does that do like I, I saw dc investor comment like how do you think this is something that helps like the ecosystem as a whole long term like why would you know in in that term but then i want to listen to to franklin on the space last night he was hosting solo with with Spencer and I was listening to him and, and all it is, is is another person using tools in a free market. And like, I was like, okay. And then I was listening to his, like the way he does things and counts things. I, I like Franklin. I was like, you can't hate the guy. Like he's just using tools that are given to him and he's actually losing money. Um, he actually lost money on the trades that he did uh, yesterday, which is what he was talking about, and something along the hundred thousand dollars. So the thing is, like, he's actually like you're just witnessing one person market make, uh, provide liquidity and literally degen their own money, uh, and it so happens there's only one person doing so because we're so early and there's not much liquidity in the space, so it's not a that big of a deal. I think, right, mind like people are just making it so much bigger of a deal than it is. It's like Look- a non-event. The TLDR is just there is now an incentive to make the Board Ape Yacht Club floor price go slightly lower. Like when yeah, it's under pressure, it. there's just a small incentive. Go out trade him if you want, and um, and that that can blow up in your face. Like for example, if you had your ape listed at like forty nine, now the floor price got swept straight away. But if it if it's left untouched, like let's say we've had massive volatility over the last few days, like people don't feel that comfortable in the market. Um, then there is that incentive, and so um, it's not massive. Like I said, like it's you get first, you get um, you get uh, being the first bidder on some of these auctions means means you um, you get some s- small benefit. So it's it's what in, in the realm of something like ten to fifteen ETH, I think you could get if you like did the first bidding across all the different auctions yesterday. So it's huge, but there is that incentive. So if you're a market maker. And you're, you know, trying to make money every single day, which a, a bunch of people are trying to do right now, you know, across board apes and across punks and across, um, you know, a number of different assets. Like maybe that 15 ETH is enough. So why not just 
and it's this idea that it's art- artificially goes lower. I don't really agree with. Artificially would mean that it would get immediately bought up, which it did. But that just means that um, it's just temporary. And um, if someone wants to buy it up, they can. There's no artificial like there you go. price yeah. inflation. Um, that's the thing. It's not artificial. And by the way, like the dude's doing it all from his main account, like on chain. So it's like, you know, when they say check the chain, literally check the chain. Right. Uh, and so he's just, he's just doing this and he's doing well. So Franklin, you do you King. Uh, <laughs> and you know what? Uh, it is what it is. And you know, I'm seeing a lot of people on the timeline say like, yeah, if body apes though, it doesn't do good. And FTs won't do good and whatnot. But like, yeah, there's so much more teas in the Board APL Club. Um, so it's uh, it's just, you know, it's just another non-event. But, you know, I guess something to, for people to talk about uh, for a few days. So anyway, so that's uh, that's that on that front. Um, we also saw on the NFT side, we're, we're waiting for MC to join us. But on the NFT side, uh, boys, we saw Cristiano Ronaldo. Seems like, uh, seems like my man's... Not only does he hate Manchester United, Ovi, sorry... But also getting to NFTs. But we're actually going to get to that one. I'm going to transition out of this one. And we're going to transition back into this one. in This title in 30 minutes. Because we are joined. We <laughs> How was that, Golden? You like that one, huh? That was a that quick, was like... That was very smooth. <laughs> I literally rewinded. Like, I need to rewind sound. Uh, I'm going to add the rewind sign to my thing. So I go... And go back to the... Go back to something. And we'll get back. Remind me of this in 30 minutes. We have MC... Uh, later in the house, CEO of Uniswap Labs. What's up? Hi. GM. GM, GM. How are you? Thanks for having me. Th- th- we're, we're great. Thank you for coming here. Thank you for being here. And of course, uh, thank you guys at, at Uniswap, uh, you know, for, for, for being a partners of the show. And yeah, it's totally. really, it's truly an honor um, to be uh, here with y'all. We're excited. You have a lot of fans at Uniswap. People are very, very excited that we're, that we're working with you for this month. So, um, I'm happy to be out here, and I know you have a bunch of other people coming on over the course of the over the course of the month. Hell yeah! Oh, it's gonna be okay. Don't drop all the alpha, okay? MC. I was told <laughs> I to call you who. MC, by I the way. Say who? I didn't say who. <laughs> secret, secret. Uh, yes, call yeah. Me MC. My name is Mary Catherine, but I go by MC. Yes. There you go. Uh, and so yeah, so I mean, oh my God, I'm so excited for this one. Uh, okay, when I so this is something that people who work with me know, like. When someone gets me a little too excited, like I get like really excited, and then like I like I mute and I start to scream or I push the air, like literally. But <laughs> I'm gonna try not to do that. <laughs> uh, but super hype. So anyway, so let's talk. Let's talk. Let's talk about you, MC. And so you're the CEO of a uh, Uniswap. So let's get a little background. So who is uh, Mary Catherine Later? By the way, is it Later or Later? I don't remember. Later, 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 later. Later. Um, there you go. Yeah. Um, well, funnily enough, you, you cut out for a second because my mom literally just called me. So um, I, uh, I, I'm MC later. I've been at Uniswap for like a year and a half. Um, I've been obsessed with crypto since 2011. I grew up all around the world, worked in TradFi, as they say, for about 15 years because I was work- passionate about basically how tech can change access to markets. And, um, and let's see, what else? Um, I love NFTs, obviously. Um, I'm so excited that we're launching it. We, we were thrilled when we acquired the Genie team. Um, and I live in New York City. I walk to work every day. 
I'm currently sitting with uh, my cold brew that I live on every day sitting in front of me. That's a little, <laughs> that's a little bit about me. I love that. I love that. Uh, cold brew is great. Um, I'm more on the hot vibes because it's so cold here in Montreal it now. It is cold. Oh. Yeah, I know. Although I heard you like praising the weather yesterday. It sounds like it's been I know. out. I was praising it. And then, you know, I, I just like, it's starting to smell like winter. I don't know if that makes sense. Um, and uh, it's getting cold in Montreal, so I'm just gonna like be a hermit and stay here until Miami, um, in my apartment and not leave. <laughs> and, sometimes and then I you're going to? Are you going to Art Basel? Yes, ma'am. Okay, okay, okay. I feel like last year it was hilarious. I feel like crypto and NFTs took over Art Basel, and all these art people were like, "What is going on?" Um, so it'll be interesting to see what it's like this year. Yeah, it's like everywhere we go, um, we're like literally taking everywhere. over everywhere, everywhere. like yeah. New York, whatever cities. Um, and, uh, and it's been a lot of fun. So MC, I kind of want to ask you like, so, you know, obviously you're CEO Uniswap now, but I kind of want to ask you like how you got, I got to where you are. And then I want to talk, you know, more about DeFi and the importance of it. Cause obviously you're quite the expert there. And I think the recent, in light of recent events, uh, we really need to draw more attention towards, uh, decentralized finance. Um, and so I kind of want to talk about like, so how, how did you get into crypto? Yeah. So I first got into crypto in 2011. Um, I was in law school. Not a lot of people get into crypto in law school. Um, I was in law school and I was interested. I basically never wanted to be a lawyer. I was interested in how the internet was creating access to open source tech and open source protocols that could change the world. And I took a seminar with a, with a professor who's sort of an expert on that, who sort of was talking about Bitcoin as an example of how that could be brought to money. And I bought Bitcoin for the first time um, sold it at like painfully low price, you know, like many people in its early days. Um, and, and just kind of felt the space had a lot of potential, but didn't, wasn't super, super, um, deep in it. It wasn't like a big part of my life, uh, 2011 to like 2015. And then 2015, I started a FinTech company. It was focused on bringing, uh, benefits to new workers. Um, because now this is a big problem, right? Where we realize that like if you're an Uber driver or, um, DoorDash delivery person, like you don't have benefits in the U.S. Um, but it was too early. I sort of shut it down and then uh, went to uh, BlackRock. I'm sure beloved by your listeners. I'm sure big world's biggest asset manager. They know it or heard of it. Um, and like two weeks into being at BlackRock, I was like, oh my gosh, what am I doing here? I, I went to kind of sort of stabilize after having started a company that failed. Just kind of catch my breath and figure out what I wanted to do next. And about two weeks in, I was just like, this is a huge place and I'm completely bored. What am I doing? And the founder and CEO, who's a guy named Larry Fink, um, had like an all hands for the all 15,000 people at the company. And somebody asked him, what do you think about blockchain and Bitcoin? This was 2015. So it was like the first wave of, uh, quote, institutional interest or like enterprise blockchain. And people were excited about private blockchains and all these things that frankly have not gone anywhere in the seven years since then. Um, and people asked him what he thought. He was like, well, I think Bitcoin's for money laundering and blockchain. Maybe it's interesting. It was like the first wave of like, I like blockchain, but not Bitcoin sort of in, uh, in sort of, you know, finance circles. And this infuriated me. And so I wrote like a long memo about why he was wrong and what uh, BlackRock should do in, in blockchain. And I was just a random employee at this company, 15,000 people. And it got forwarded to him. And he was like, okay. Um, smart Alec, you are now in charge of this. Tell us what we should do. And so I then spent six months figuring out, you know, different things that BlackRock could build. And we built some early Ethereum smart contracts um, that sort of replicated important financial activities. 
Um, we uh, invested in a couple companies um, and really nothing went anywhere, but I was hooked and just felt like there was so much potential long term to rewrite the financial system on distributed uh, rails and in lots of different ways. I'm particularly excited about Ethereum. So it wasn't a part of, from then on, I, I built a couple different businesses at BlackRock that were in fintech. So it was bringing, digitizing investing, making it simpler. Um, another one was simplifying sustainable investing and ESG and scaled these from zero to tens of millions of dollars, zero to hundreds of people. Um, but I was still passionate about blockchain and, and, um, and crypto on the side. And, um, and it was something I was following very closely, still had many friends in the space from that like early 2015 exploration. But again, it, it wasn't really my full-time job because it, it wasn't a priority at this company. So I was getting all this great general management experience, but my heart wasn't as much in FinTech. And I felt increasingly like FinTech was just kind of incremental change, that it was a lot of FinTech was creating better user experiences like Robinhood or you know Betterment or Wealthfront, things that made um, sort of typical financial activities like standard investing simpler and easier and, and on mobile, but they weren't changing the system and they weren't changing like the rails, which drive cost and access. And so it wasn't really radical enough. And, and then I'll just, I'll end at Uniswap in a second. Um, a very good friend of mine uh, joined Uniswap as the general counsel because many, many crypto companies hire lawyers very early on. So he was like the eighth employee um, and he was like, this company is, is incredible. And they built this open source protocol that is completely novel innovation. There's nothing like it in, in markets or in crypto. Um, yes, there were some other automated market makers, but this one was, was different and, and better. And the team has a lot of potential and wants to build other things um, that bring decentralization and the principles of it to lots of other corners of crypto. You have to come. And uh, I think the company was like eight people at that time. It took them six months to convince me that it was the right time. But I joined in June of last year. And it's been just a total joy and an amazing wild ride um, ever since then. Wow. Um, that is an impressive background. <laughs> yeah, Lindsay was not kidding. <laughs> Holy shit, she's probably down there. Like, yeah, I told you so. <laughs> oh my god, Lindsay's on our team. Lindsay's the best. But wow. uh, anyway, I, I, it's just, it's so much fun. Honestly, I feel so lucky every single day that, like, we. It's just so rare that you get to work on something. This is probably what's so fun about crypto. You get to work on something that you think is like truly innovative that reaches a lot of people. You're not just like toiling in a garage, right? Like that's what's so cool about this whole space is you can get things out to, out to users really quickly. And that is like such a powerful cultural relevance. And then, and in my case, because I, I went to law school because I was interested in how in areas where the tech, where tech outpaces the law, where tech gets ahead of the law. And that's inevitable, right? Um, Because technology moves much faster than the people who make laws, frankly. And, how can you then make sure that you're building technology and infusing it with values that drive positive social impact um, or have like some utility uh, without waiting for people to make the rules for you? And that is, for better or worse, that is our life in crypto. Yeah, I went to law school too. I was miserable. Um, so it's terrible, right? <laughs> terrible. Yeah, uh, yeah. My mom still hates me though because uh, I dropped out my last semester. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, but I think she's she's cool now.
I think we're good. I think we've come to terms. Uh, though, I mean, I have a Persian mom, so she does remind me here and there, you know, maybe you can go back and finish that semester. Uh, Amanda. <laughs> uh, does she Pardon? listen to your podcast? Does she listen? Does she? Have she doesn't team? listen, but 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 she supports. She's a holder of Rug Radio, uh, and uh, she loves her rugs. Um, so you know, <laughs> she's that's all that matters. She's a genius if she's a holder. Uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Mando, I saw you unmute here. Yeah, no, I just want to say it was it's awesome to have you um, come up, and I think uh, it's such a great week. I think um, well, not a great week, but it's such a relevant week for, to have you up on the um, up up on the show. I was wondering, like, what's the feeling like at Uniswap at the moment? Like, obviously, yeah. you must have seen this happen over the last week or so, and and <clears throat> what, what what's I know, obviously, you're, it's slightly different. They're they're, they're a centralized exchange. They they obviously have a lot more of the um, I know on ramps that Uniswap doesn't have. But have there been any? thoughts about how to kind of move on from this and, and how Uniswap could play a part? Totally. Well, I think, first of all, uh, everything that we're building at Uniswap today is about is about on-ramping. That's been our whole product strategy and what all everyone is working on this year. So we can't get, we can't wait to get all that stuff out and just ship and release for the next few months so that we can help make it way simpler for people to access self-custody and um, decentralized exchange where what happened with FTX, as you all know, cannot happen, right? Um, now there's other risks and problems in, uh, in DeFi. Um, and so that's a big priority for us of how we can help make DeFi safer, simpler, less intimidating. So in a sense, I think, I think that seeing all this and being horrified by like the level of what seems to be fraud um, has in a sense, like made us feel our, our mission is all the more important. Can you guys hear me? Oh yeah, we hear you perfectly. Yeah, you okay. hear you well. Um, someone was looking at me in the office that they couldn't hear you, but I can hear you. Okay, cool. Um, anyway, I think, I, think it's, I think it's sort of just underscored the importance of like safe access to pro- uh, products and protocols that are on decentralized rails. But of course, like I think today was the first morning where I at least woke up and didn't feel shaken. Like I felt shaken for the past like ten, you know, weeks since this all happened. And I think that's been true of the team most of last week. Everybody was just sort of doom scrolling Twitter, wondering what was happening, just trying to stay focused on like actually building so we can hit all of our release dates and ship and shipping dates for for this stuff that I think will make it a lot easier and simpler and, and demonstrate how and why Uniswap can really fill a, a gap and a void as so many people are looking for for like where to keep their crypto and for a platform that speaks to the values that got them into the space in the first place um, that were so betrayed by, you know, um, this person. So I think that last week we were all sort of frozen a little bit, like watching and just trying to work and stay focused. And then uh, yesterday we had our team all hands and Hayden Adams, who's the founder of Uniswap Labs and and invented the protocol. Um, walk through just a little bit of how he felt about it all. And um, and then I walked through, you know, how and why people are safe here. And I just felt so energized yesterday in our office. Like, you know, whether it's our, our um, everyone is building the new products, um, our policy team who's down in DC right now trying to help explain like why what happened isn't frankly crypto, why it's a failure of, um, you know, traditional financial structures and um, how we can help prevent against, so like protect the 
the benefits of DeFi. Um, I'm just like incredibly proud of our whole team. So I think the, the mood is pretty, it's honestly, it's pretty positive. I don't want to sound like we're, um, we're not cognizant of how rough this is for this space, but I, people are, are working really hard and I think feel as energized as ever that what they're building is really important. And look, we've hit um, all time uh, high of daily new users over the past week. Wow. So, yeah. And you saw the same thing with Ledger, right? With Ledger, uh, sort of hardware wallet. So, I saw that this morning. Yeah, yeah, I saw Ian tweet about that. You'd love to yeah. see it. Yeah, totally. You know, it, you know, we're always like, how do we explain self-custody and why it's important? And unfortunately, there's a pretty powerful demonstration of why it's so important right now. So how how, how do you do that, right? Like, you know, like when I now... Obviously, I have normie friends and whatnot. They hear about the news. You all saw, I, I tweeted this morning, someone saying crypto is dead. But obviously, like, that's going to, that's going to, that's bound to happen, right? People are going to hate and whatnot. But, like, how do you explain DeFi to someone that you're trying to onboard, right? We deal with it every day. We try to onboard people. There's people that listen to the show. Maybe they're new to the space. Um, some people, because of what happened last week, finally hearing about DeFi or Uniswap all of a sudden, like, though it's been around for a minute, like, how do you? do that like what's the best way and approach in your opinion yeah uh it really depends where they're coming from to be honest i think the most important thing is to say look everything you do in traditional finance depends on trusting a company or an entity and we've all now at this point lived through those crises in trust where you realize you can't trust a company um um and the power of smart contracts and DeFi is that you don't have to trust a company or an entity to, uh, to not be evil. And so I think the message of like, can't be evil is, is more powerful and, and durable than, than don't be evil um, is important and is compelling. Right now, I think it's important to be humble. So like at this point, we're in a stage where plenty of people have heard the promise of blockchain writ large. Like it's been 10 years of people talk, preaching the values of like no central intermediary. You know, you can, when we all succeed, you can store your money safely without a bank. You can exchange without an exchange. You can, um, you know, earn a return without having to depend and, and pay huge fees on a, on a money manager. And I do think that there's sort of broad general awareness of that promise and people then look at stuff like this and how many scammers have taken advantage of and been attracted to the space and say, okay, well show me already. And I do think the most important thing is just to build products that make that the benefit um, palpable. So that means building a you know, mobile app that makes it really easy to have a better wallet experience, right? It means um, showing someone Uniswap, um, showing someone like, look, you just click connect wallet at the top right. You don't have to create an account and hand over a lot of your information. And instantly you make a trade and it's, it's done. You can see the liquidity. You're not trusting someone to say there's a market on the other side of this. You can literally look and see the curve of where there are tokens that can meet your order and where people can execute a trade. So like what I found is that for someone from, from who's worked in finance, like if you show them that and you show them, oh my gosh, you can see the liquidity pool and you can connect your wallet right away and you click um, swap and it happens and there's instant settlement. For someone who's, most people who've like, had interact with traditional finance that is pretty powerful and they can feel the impact and the difference of that but i would say i think right now is a time to be a little humble about the like long-term benefit and the high level benefits because and and it's better to just kind of prove through doing 
Hell yeah. I love that. That's so well said. It's important. I, I had to ask you that because so many people are going to, you know, listen back at this and, and I think we can clip that easily for people to always have a reference point and, and, uh, in, uh, you know, what, what the hell is that is DeFi they're all talking about. And so I kind of want to ask you like, where, 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 where do you guys, you know, where do you see the space, um, evolving now? Like you're talking about Ledger seeing their, their all-time highs in their sales, you're going to swap all-time highs in their user base, which is obviously in my eyes a step in the right direction. Uh, but what, what do you think we need more of? What, what, what are the, what, are, I guess, I guess one of the questions is like, there is still some, 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 some reasons for people to use central exchanges, but you know, where do you see this evolving? Uh, in a way so that we, we can avoid, you know, um, you know how, what, what needs to be built in crypto so that we can avoid that? Well, I think you have to have a really simple mobile non-custodial experience that feels safe. And yeah. there needs to be, right? Like, you have to be able to, like, right? What do you use today? What do you, what wallet do you use? I, I, I'm, I use MetaMask and I have my ledger, but I don't use anything on my mobile. Like, I refuse to use anything crypto related on my phone. That's interesting. Even your MetaMask, why not? Nothing. Yeah, zero. Because you're nervous yeah, about same. security. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Honestly, it, it's uh, it's more of a security thing. Um, though I know I could probably have a burner MetaMask on my phone and stuff. But I just I don't know something about having my crypto on my phone. It's I don't know. I'm not a fan. Unless and like, what would you? Oh, pardon. Go ahead. What would you have to know or hear to make you feel safe? Mando, that's a tough one. She's asking me, can I give security. it to you? Body, bodyguards. <laughs> you, want, you want physical bodyguards around you. <laughs> they would just I, watch you. They would just look over your shoulder, shoulder if your wallet got drained. You know anyway. I don't yeah, love, do um, I don't love how MetaMask is just a password. Like I think they yeah. should be, you know, 2FA or, or some other extra layer of security. Yeah, extra layers of security, knowing that it's safe. No, you know what? Knowing it's safe. Like there's nothing, you know, MC, like nothing like makes me feel safe having a MetaMask on my phone. I don't know. It's just that it feels outdated. Yep. Yeah. Well, I think that's the biggest problem, right? Like Coinbase is effectively Fort Knox for crypto. Like people do feel safe. They do trust it. They have lots of sort of public demonstrations of their controls and they, people don't feel safe yet in non-custodial wallets. And so I think, I mean, stay tuned. We're doing a bunch of stuff in this space. Um, I think that's the most important thing and what we have to see is like, different custody solutions and ways that ways that that's communicated to you, right? So whether that's MPC where you can, you know, share, basically you can have some kind of social recovery or share your, have other people store your seed phrase with me or not totally dependent on it, uh, saving it yourself. Um, whether that is uh, being clear about uh, better filtering for NFT so you don't get, you know, you know, them stuff that you, create phishing risk, which definitely happens. Right? MetaMask sort of like overcorrects sometimes and it's really annoying. You can't see stuff that you like and care about. And then the other side of that is obviously way worse, right? Where you like touch on something you got airdropped and you're like, oh shit, now I'm um, I, like sort of potentially inter interacting with a malicious contract. So I think that's the most important thing in change. And, um, you know, when you think about going home for Thanksgiving, I realized Brooklyn, Canada. So I guess you already... But when you go, I'll still do y'all's Thanksgiving. Okay, it's worth it. It's fun. So, and, and you go home, people are like, oh, you work in crypto. What's going on in crypto? Like, I want so badly this year to be able to say, just download this app and you'll see. Like, you'll feel with, realize that it's so easy to all of a sudden, I can just send you stable coins and you can, you know, connect your wallet to, to you know, NFT platform of your choice and 
by this fun thing and feel like you're part of a community. And unfortunately, we still don't have those great recommendations that you can unequivocally without sort of a lot of caveats recommend to like your cousin, your aunt, your friend, who are sort of like, what's this all about? So I think that's the most important thing is innovating on custody and safety. Um, 100%. You're not trying to hint at something, are you? Uh, Because you did say shipping. You did say stuff's coming. You said you're working on something. Um. (laughs) You got more of us coming on. I don't know. Ask the next Uniswap person. Yeah. Ask the next Uniswap person. We're going to rotate through the Uniswap people over the course of a month. (laughs) And, uh, and, but it's fun because it's like having like the A team uh, just send you their best players. Uh, every every couple of weeks or whatnot, and then that way our audience can get you know some of the biggest brains in in, in crypto and DeFi uh, to hear about you, um, and and so yeah. But Mando Ovi, I don't know if you guys had like DeFi specific questions for for MC because she's quite the expert. Uh, Mando, I know we talked about this a lot. Like you know, you did talk about like I think you and I had a conversation this weekend about like you know how do we like really get away from from CFI and, and you know really dive more into DeFi more and more and how to get the masses on board into that. But I don't know if you wanted to, to ask MC something here. No, I, I think I said on that exact space that, you know, a lot of the DeFi 2.0 stuff never really worked out. And um, I think the two main um, takeaways is is this sort of market making and borrowing and lending are, are going to be the two main things I think of, of DeFi, which are, which Uniswap like dominates. And I just said, it sucks right now because the main way that people get onboarded is via some sort of like casino. It's like you go in yeah. through, I know Coinbase is probably more regulated, but you basically have to say to someone, all right, we'll go in through FTX or go in through gate or go in through like KuCoin or, or like, and you have no idea. Like it's like um, the, the main way that we're onboarding people is via these like highly risk taking organizations. And it'd be great if onboarding was boring <laughs> not boring like as in like it's not cool that people get, get into it, but people would just go in like a very simple way um and look i'd be super interested like if, if it, then there was an onboarding process into a decentralized exchange i think that would be the best way that you could onboard people into into crypto um it's just that when you have these like centralized onboarding points without regulation or at least a regulation that people are demanding they're just able to do whatever the hell they like and um, I just want like, to get the, there's enough going on in crypto that just the onboarding process should be simple, safe, and not, not liable to $15 billion rug pulls. Totally. And I think you're right when you said about DeFi 2.0 and that, you know, there is a, there's a lot of DeFi um, or a lot of focus on building like new financial innovation. And there's a, so much to do to make just the, the innovation that already exists like that much more accessible and that much more intuitive, right? Um, if you think about even just like having more stable coins of different currencies and the ability to then move money more easily around borders, like there's so much potential um, there, um, making fiat on ramps cheaper, easier. So I mean, maybe this stuff, it's not as, it's probably not as sexy as like DeFi 2.0 and, um, but it's durable and can reach, you know, we talk, people talk a lot about bringing the next hundred million or billion users in crypto. Like, kind of simple stuff, I think, is what's going to do it. Yeah. Do you know what's, what's funny is, like, I, there's a reason, going back to the MetaMask conversation, I was saying, like, no Zoomer, like, no, like, new gen is going to use some app that's, like, really complicated to use or, like, doesn't look kind of, like, yeah. clean or good. I don't know how to explain it. Like, it's, like, there's a reason why we use Apple 
So like, yeah, I get it. Like Android may have like better like things or tools or whatever, but like, like I don't like something about it, right? And so it's like it's just the the complication. I kind of want to ask you last question. I want to be mindful of your time, of course. I know you're 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 pretty busy, especially these days. If you guys are seeing a spike in the users, um, but where does where do you see NFTs and DeFi cross? Because in our opinion, yeah. it's quite it's gonna be like the next one is all gonna be like I, I think NFTs gonna have a very important play in it, especially when it comes to mass adoption. We've seen it already. We at Rug Radio we're pretty much at the cross of you know DeFi NFTs with our um, our token yielding uh, NFTs. So what do you see this like cross here? Yeah, well, we, this is why we um, acquired Genie and the Genie team is now, you know, Uniswap NFT team and um, has been building uh, an awesome product that's going to launch soon, 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 um, uh, which we'll tell you all about another time. But I think there's a couple things. One is there's no question, as you just mentioned, that NFTs have brought so many people into crypto and they're like a, a very understandable, intuitive um, use case or like fun point of engagement. And so, as we want, and as you, if you're buying NFTs, you do need to swap tokens, another right? Whether you get from fiat into ETH or whatever. Um, and so we think that there's a lot of, it makes a lot of sense to have NFTs and tokens on the same platform, swapping tokens on the same platform. Um, there's a bunch of stuff, whether it's like credit and lending and borrowing, um, collateralized by NFTs or pricing. Sure, there's lots of excitement around that kind of stuff, but. I think that we'll, I think that like the kind of thing that you guys are doing where people are thinking about how to link NFTs and tokens to build community and how to think about, about how the um, economics of each engender different behaviors. I'm excited to see more experimentation in that direction. Um, I think there's been a couple examples that have been painful, right? Um, that haven't necessarily worked so well. But uh, today, it, to me, it's sort of just sort of bizarre if we have digital value that's in a fungible form or a non-fungible form, to treat them as so separate and to have those worlds be so separate. Um, it's kind of like, and Hayden's made this analogy, it's kind of like having, um, you know, chat and, and, um, and like bulletin and like email and completely different platforms. You, you just sort of, we should have more um, interaction patterns that are unlocked across the two. So yes, I do think that there'll be a little bit more of some of the obvious things of like using NFTs as financial assets and unlocking that potential. But I'm actually much more excited about how um, bringing NFTs and tokens together can unlock ways of building more engagement, um, can give uh, brands and creators lots of different tools to think about the benefits of each. Um, and uh, I'm excited to see all that unfold. Oh, there you go. I'm excited. Uh, and obviously, I have a feeling that our listeners are should tune in because you're going to see a lot of it unfold on here um, with uh, the rest of the Uniswap team. So, MC, thank you for coming in today. Uh, it's a pleasure uh, to have you and uh, really excited to kick things off today with Uniswap and, and have you, the, the COO of Uniswap, on stage. Oh, thank you. Thanks, guys, for having me. And, and, uh, and we're so excited to be part of my radio. Hell yeah. And hopefully... <laughs> Uh, I'll make a quick trip to New York one of these days and then come say what up. I heard you guys have uh, some fun offices out there. So we do excited to meet you. Pink and full of unicorns. So you got to come visit us. Are you kidding me? That's like I'm Mando. See, Mando laughs at me. I told Mando that next year, 2023, is going to be the, the pink is going to be call of the year. So <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm telling you, pink is going to be call of the year. Right, Mando? 
I know you said it like you've been working in fashion for like the last 20 years. You were like, next year is so pink. And I was just like, how do you know that? Oh my God. Listen, we love pink. We love unicorns. Thank you, MC. And we love Uniswap. So shout out to MC uh, for coming on. MC L A D E R for anyone listening on replay. Uh, you want to follow uh, Mary Catherine on, on Twitter uh, for sure. See our Uniswap Labs. So thank you so much for coming in today. Thanks, guys. Bye. All right. So before I rewinded uh, to, to go to to go to to go to MC, uh, we were talking quickly, and I'm gonna bring the Gat Covers team up in the meantime. But we were talking real quick uh, about Cristiano Ronaldo, your favorite Manchester United uh, hater, Ovi. Uh, <laughs> see, I'm not the only one. Uh, no, I'm kidding. But uh, so Cristiano Ronaldo launches first NFT collection with. Binance. So I saw CZ uh, retweet that this morning. A new collection of mystery boxes available November 18th. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Uh, so I'm reading about it. So I, I kind of wanted to know, like, I don't even know if it's on, is it on BNB? Is that something, that's, clearly that's not an Ethereum product, right? I don't think I saw it. Sure. Yeah, it has to be. Hmm. I mean, this was announced so a while back, like, I think, right? He said yeah. that he would do a collection with Binance. I think a few months back, this was announced. Who who knows? Like these traditionally, these drops have not gone yeah. that amazing. I don't know. Um, but uh, he's a. I mean, what is he the most number of followers on Instagram? Probably probably the most well known star in the world. Like uh, I think maybe maybe this is going to be um, have a bit more substance to it. So he has four hundred and ninety six million followers on Instagram. <laughs> Yo, he has no, just, five. That's an, that's an insane number, isn't it? <laughs> Bro, he has half a billion fucking followers on IG. <laughs> that is insane. That is absurd. I wonder how much Binance is paying him. Clearly, has a nine-figure deal, right? Like for the whole spot. I know he has a deal with them, but it says. It was important to me that we created something memorable and unique for my fans as they launch, as they're such a big part of my success. With Binance, yeah, he wasn't paid to say that, but okay. Uh, with Binance, I was able to make something uh, that not only captures the passion of the game, but rewards fans for all uh, the years of support. So I'm curious to see what happens there. Damn, I wish we could get Cristiano on the show to speak about this. He would be like, Sue! <laughs> So how's your NFTs, Cristiano? Sue! We should definitely try and get him on. It'd be awesome. I think, yeah, he's, of I think course. he's currently about to Does go Does he even to know he's Cup. dropping an NFT? Uh, I mean, he's on his way. I think he's in the Portuguese training camp I've been today. So, go get him. Uh, for the World Cup. So I don't think he's going to be turning up for at least the next few weeks. You, you, should, go, um, you, you should go get him. Uh, I hear you're going back to Portugal. I'm going back. I'm going back. Not to, not to find him, but... Um, yeah, I don't know how will this go. Like he's 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 currently a bit of a controversial ca- character in in football at the moment, but ho- hopefully this goes well. I mean, this is a pretty big deal. Like I don't know. Like it's 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 not Cristiano Ronaldo. Like whether BNB, ETH, or whatever. Like I'm I, I personally I'm not gonna buy a BNB NFT or or probably not a Cristiano NFT, but still it's cool. It's saying the NFTs come. Okay, so I'm looking at it. I'm just an article on Newswire, by the way, everyone. Like it, there's no like. No strings attached or whatever. I just thought it was interesting. So even my little brother, I consider my little brother to be a normie because he's in law school. And I was like, are you listening on the show right now? He's like, no, like, no I'm in class. I'm like, okay. Because he was texting me this like as we first started the show and he was like, he literally said, 
He's 20. He said, bro, Ronaldo dropping NFT collection. Do something. It's your chance to meet him. Have him on GM NFTs. <laughs> Straight up. In five different messages. So obviously, if it got to him, um, you know, it, it got to a lot of people. So uh, positive for the for uh, for mainstream, I guess. Oh, yeah, let's that's, that's manifest. Let's that's manifest. Let's <laughs> manifest this right now. Like, let's get him on the show. If anyone knows Cristiano, uh, give us a shout out. Get him on the show. It'd be awesome if we could have him on. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and if uh, and, and so, oh wait, we, I, I'm saying I'm hearing we have Ronaldo here. We have Ronaldo here. So, Cristiano, how do you feel about dropping your NFT collection? Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Appreciate you for through, uh, Cristiano. It's a pleasure and an honor to have you on the GMNFT show on this five. <laughs> crack it up. I'm dying. One last thing before we move on to Gakaverse. Watcher Guru, just in, 7.21 a.m., 7.29 a.m. this morning, uh, Eastern Standard Time. Just in, Circle USDC adds support for Apple Pay. Probably nothing. See, we're back in the probably nothing era. You know what I mean? You know what? I love what MC said where, like, today feels like a breath of fresh air. I don't know about you, man. I don't know, Seth. Yesterday, I woke up like, a little stressed out and stuff because it's Nike stuff. But this morning, I woke up feeling so fresh and so, like, energized. I don't know if it's a common feeling. Maybe eclipse season is done. Like Marin said, we're getting out of it. But wow, big news. Circle adds support for Apple Pay. Mando. Well, that's huge. Like, I, I don't massive. know how exactly this would work, whether it, whether it actually links to another app or you could literally just load up your Apple Pay account with USDC. But if you can start paying for stuff with... Because, um, I mean, I use actually use a crypto.com card, but like people... If people can start adding in paying with crypto into their daily lives more and more, that's massive adoption. So I think this is a huge deal. Yeah, it's massive. I'm looking at the article here. Um, since the demise of the Terra USD, stablecoin, stablecoin have fought to remain strong. Investors try to blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it's true. And then um, interesting to see. So with the new support, customers can easily make payments and check out using their mobile devices privately and safely. The new integration, according to Circle, will be beneficial for crypto native businesses. It will also help customers with cryptocurrencies using Apple Pay on their preferred exchanges. Holy shit. Getting started only takes a few steps. Users have to initially open a Circle account and create an Apple developer account. Users will also be able to connect via API integration to Circle's payment solution. Circle and Apple Pay will allow customers to pay using their Apple device, including the iWatch, iPhone, and iPad. Dude. Damn. We need a probably nothing key like, like on my roadcaster here. Damn. Any like any thoughts on additionally? I mean, I know it's hard to Look, not I think, like. Yeah, it's like yeah, we're bullish as fuck, but yeah, wow. I think if the three the three <laughs> major innovations that have come out of crypto the last three years have been NFTs, DeFi, and stable wow. coins, stable coin yeah. adoption could just be huge, like absolutely massive. massive. But I think you have to you have they're going to be highly regulated, probably of course, or increasingly highly regulated. But um, the idea of digital <laughs> dollars, digital euros, pounds, that's that's going to be big. So I'm looking at the news here. You want to know something funny? Google Circle Apple Pay, Google USDC. There is not a single mainstream media that has a news about this. Not a single one. It's on CoinGate, Watcher Guru, Cryptost, Macworld. Like some, it's on like I don't want to call them random because I don't know the publications and I don't want to like be the meaning. But like it's not on the big. You know what I mean? It's not like okay. This 
if you Google USDC right now, there's not a single like article on this. Um, it's interesting. Okay, weird. Uh, but hey, at least we're covering it, right? Because it is a big deal. Um, and especially, I, I like the Watcher Guru um, article started with like, you know, of course, after UST and stuff, like a lot of the, I mean, those are algorithms, but stable coins, literally scams. But, you know, the, the, the term stable coin took a hit, right? And you were talking about USDT the other day and how like it keeps getting flooded every other week, Mando. And now USDC, of course, uh, with that, it's, uh, wow, this, this is a big deal. I'm, I'm surprised. I, I, anyone like in their countries, like I, it's not showing me any news articles from USDC. Uh, but hey, crypto is dead, right? Um, damn. Dude. Are you seeing this? There's nothing. No one? The news today the was... FTX, man. FTX orgies are the... Orgies are the... Uh, are the yeah, the, right? The, the sexy news, pun intended, I guess. Yeah, exactly. The news today went like this. I swear to God, that's so weird. Uh, anyways, I find that funny uh, and really ironic uh, if you ask me for, for nobody to cover that. So if you're listening, because I know, I see y'all, you know, you don't follow us, but I see y'all in the audience a lot, a lot of mainstream media, because uh, I do scroll down. I do click on y'all's faces and there are a million check marks down there. I know y'all, y'all listen every morning. So maybe, um, maybe do something and cover the actual shit going on. Maybe cover that Uniswap is seeing a spike all-time high in user growth all-time high in uh, in uh, in the product sales because those are the news that matter in the space, right? We're tired of seeing fucking SBF's dumbass face every day on the news uh, and uh, and things like that. So we're over that stuff and we're onwards and upwards uh, from here forwards in the crypto space because crypto is not dead. We're here, we're alive, and we're going to rebuild better and stronger together. And with that, with that, with that, I'm going to segue <laughs> to our last segment of the day, I see them throwing 100 signs. Uh, <laughs> Whoever's behind the Gakoverse account, I already like you. Uh, GM, how you doing? Hey, I'm Cristiano Ronaldo. How are you doing? <laughs> that was good. I love that. That was, that was a very, very good impression. I, I literally, like, I wasn't looking at my screen and my phone. And I, like, jumped up and I was like, well, what's going on? <laughs> Dude, I, I, yeah, Jack, I've got to so- say uh, before launching the collection on Binance, we kind of realized that we wants to build a storytelling NFT. So yeah, we are right now representing Gecko. Yeah, Dude, uh, this is sponsor of the year right there, Geckoverse, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I like this guy. Well, no, no, not this one. I clicked on the wrong button. You definitely don't deserve that one. But oh man, yeah, uh, thanks. thanks for having us. Yeah. GM, what uh, what should I refer to you as? What's your name? I don't want to call you Geckoverse the whole show. Yeah, so if you don't want me to, if you don't want to call me Cristiano Ronaldo, it's fine. But yeah, you can call me Tim. So yeah, I love <laughs> my, that. Girlfriend, a... my girlfriend also calls me Cristiano Ronaldo. So yeah, I'm gonna call you Cristiano. <laughs> so, Cristiano, talk to us about what the hell is the Gakoverse? Yeah. So right now we're building a Web3 brand that includes the interactive platform and the IP and world building supported by digital collectibles so NFTs. And essentially, we're building this, you know, Web3 business and web-free startup that will provide a b2b gamified platform you know creating different captivating experience for uh users and incentivize them to interact in order to get rewards so why are we doing that and that will help different b2b clients to facilitate their transition to web-free to expand their user experience and to increase engagement and retention rates 
we during like building this product we kind of identified the following pr uh, problem that media brands they don't have a unified or gamified loyalty platforms to reward their customers right they're just missing out on a great customer engagement and retention tool and this tool can save them billions of dollars so the underlying product that we're building is obviously supported by the nft collection of the gekaverse and it's about to launch uh, tomorrow on the magic Eden ethereum launchpad so the nft holders will be the first users of the mvp of the product and this way we can have a proper user testing and customer development. So yeah, tomorrow we're having the, the space auction, as we call it, on Magic Eden. And guys, feel free to check it out and feel free to ask any questions you might have. Hell yeah. I mean, I'm going to definitely ask you some questions I may have. Uh, I pinned it at the top for those who are curious, but of course, on the Gekoverse account, if you listen to the replay. Uh, all right. So it looks like uh, supply breakdown, space auction, 2,500. Allow list, you have 4,500. Uh, and so, okay, that that's interesting. And so that's opening, you said, uh, on November 17th, right? Um, so yeah, the, the, the space auction is going to start tomorrow on November 16th at 3 p.m. Eastern time. And yeah, the supply is going to be 2,500. So yeah, essentially the space auction is going to work like this. So anyone will be able to bid. And during the auction, a fair market price will be determined because, uh, guys, right now it's impossible to predict, you know, the, the fair Eastern. price for the NFTs in these market conditions. Yeah, and that's why we've decided to have this kind of, uh, you know, smart structure. And there would be a special algorithm that works based on the binary search. And uh, it basically determines the fair price based on the demand for the collection and based on the demands of uh, and, and based on the total number of bids. So, yeah. And after that, we're going to have a whitelist phase. So the auction is going to last for about 24 hours. After that, on the November 17th, we're going to have a whitelist phase. Uh, and all the whitelisted users will be able to mint with a 20% discount. So yeah, we'll be kind of rewarding them for, for their loyalty as well. Did, okay. did you say there's an algorithmic uh, thing deciding the, the price of the auction? That's, that's really neat. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, Interesting. Honest, it, it's a very simple algorithm. It's, uh, it has a like, super complex name, maybe binary search, but I think that it, it, it works like a, in a very simple manner. So essentially throughout the auction, there is going to be a leaderboard with you know, different bidders and they can get more than one NFT. And uh, the auction is going to work that way that it, it will cut uh, like, uh, only the 2,500 bidders with the highest number of bids. So, yeah, and within this kind of auction, the fair market price and the minting price will be determined. So, yeah. Okay, that's really cool. So, I kind of want to get a better understanding, though, of of, of, um, of what you guys are selling, of course, right? Because you're minting. I like, I, I, obviously, you're very thoughtful and mindful of, like, the way you want to mint out. It, it, is a, it is a pretty tough environment to mint in, so respect for that. <laughs> I got to tell you that. Um, it's not easy, especially figure out pricing. This I talked to a lot of people, and they just, they're like, okay, maybe we push. Like, a lot of people are just pushing in, like, Q1 uh, next year. Uh, but I want to go deeper into the Gekoverse exactly and get maybe a little more clarity and details on, on, on what it is that you guys are minting. Like, if I mint the NFT, like, what, what am I getting, and, and what are you guys doing with that? Yeah, so essentially, once again, we will be building this platform where different NFT utilities will be provided uh, with a lore-based narrative in the form of interactive staking. And uh, you'll be able to connect your NFT to this platform, and we will have an XP-based uh, reward system. So later on, you will be able to spend this accumulated XP on the marketplace and participate in missions to get XP multipliers. So essentially right now, uh, this platform will look like a visual novel, right? I don't know if you kind of played uh, or passed the visual novels in, in school or earlier, 
but uh, it is just this static uh, image uh, with uh, multiple, uh, you know, drop down menus, and you can choose how the story can unfold. Uh, that will result in different outcomes, and those different out outcomes will have different prices. So, for example, if you just uh, skimmed through the you know visual novel, your choices were very poor, and you didn't really think about them, you will get basically zero rewards. But at the same time, if you really thought about the answers and the questions, you will get more rewards. So that's why we call it the interact to earn platform. So uh, right from the start, holders will be able to connect the NFTs, and they will uh, you know uh, essentially we will have two reward structures. So first reward, reward structure will depend on the uh, total amount of time staked. And the second one will depend on the you know, amount of time you have been interacting with the platform on and your kind of answers and choices. So, yeah. Okay, cool. So it's like a, so it's like a storytelling game in a way, right? And yeah. uh, pardon me, go ahead. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I know that right now, I think that the market is oversaturated with the play to earn games. And uh, to be honest, they're not really competitive to, you know, traditional games such as, you know, Fortnite in terms of the graphics and in terms of the whole kind of story behind it. So that's why we wanted to have at least uh, a very, very high quality static game that can actually compete with the Web 2, for example, visual novels. But at the same time, it's also great for potentially brands to use this product as, let's say you have a new product launch, right? A Starbucks wants to launch a new at-home coffee brew kit. And no one knows how to brew coffee at home, right? So you, you need to educate your users. You need to educate your customers about the new product offerings. And the best way to educate them is to incentivize, uh, you know, some re reason, the new information with rewards. So you read about the new product offerings, you get rewards. And that's how we want to do it. Okay. Okay. Perfect. That's fun. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and so if I'm not mistaken, um, just, just to clarify with people, like this is dropping on Solana, right? No, no. Uh, we will be one of the first uh, Ethereum projects to be launching on the Magic Eden Ethereum launchpad. So yeah, wow. I know that these guys yeah are creating some competition for <laughs> for your company. So yeah, <laughs> hell yeah, love that. Let's fucking go. And so and so, you guys are launching on, on Magic Eden's launchpad on the Ethereum side of things. Exactly. Um, and uh, okay, I love that. Sorry, because I saw Magic Eden. I was like, oh wait, so long as I just wanted to clarify. Okay, cool. So you're you're dropping you're dropping on the best chain. As some people call it on the on the chain that actually works, but yeah, I'm a Solana Maxis, so not gonna. <laughs> start I love that the conflict right now. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I, uh, I I'm obviously uh, uh, I'm, I'm kidding. So let's talk a bit about uh, let's talk a bit about your team, right? Like, you want to talk maybe a little bit about your background personally and, and your teams yeah. and, and what you were doing prior to to, to entering the space. Sure. So I was born, born in Madeira, and then I went to the sporting academy and started playing soccer. Then I went to Manchester. Okay, <laughs> enough from that. Oh, wait, I actually believed you for a second. He knows his history. He knows his Ronaldo history. Yeah, like I'm a I like this guy a lot. Yeah, I know his history. <laughs> That's like my moment to shine, guys. Like... Oh no! Yeah, let's talk about Cristiano. <laughs> oh my god, I <laughs> like this yeah. guy. Okay, anyway. you got me. You got me all over the place. Okay, let's talk about your background. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, guys, I'm originally from Eastern Europe. I've been living in the US for about four years. Uh, so yeah, I'm right now based in Florida, in Miami. So yeah, feel free to kind of meet everyone at the Art Basel. 
And uh, yes, my background, so I have a computational finance background and management consultant. I worked in such companies as McKinsey, Deloitte, and I've been full-time in Web3 for more than a year, I would say almost two years. And before I have started my own uh, investment Zalo on Solana, which is Generous Robots. So yeah, that's the project that, that is still running up to date. As for the Gecko team, we have five full-time uh, core team members and we have about 10 part-time team members and contractors. And uh, like including our team members, we have different arts, artists, 3D artists, VFX artists, designers, developers, Solidity developers, uh, front and back end. And what's interesting is that our artists, they have a really, really uh, kind of prominent experience because they have worked with such brands uh, and uh, artists as Nike, Travis Scott, Lady Gaga, and, you know, different uh, top names. So, yeah, I'm sorry for the name dropping, but, yeah, I had to do it. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I think that our team has a perfect combination of the Web3 and Web2 experience. And, yeah, that's why I believe that we'll be able to kind of succeed long term. Okay. And so, I okay, so, wow, okay, cool. I think it was an important question to, to tap your, uh, the background of the team and, you know, um, and who you've, you know, what you've done before. Um, and I like that you're saying, come meet us at Basel. So uh, <laughs> I like that. We'll be there. Um, question for you. Um, you obviously, it seems like from the account that like you've grown quite an audience, right? You have a hundred, yeah, 140,000 followers here. Um, and you've grown a lot. So, you know, kind of want to ask you about how you've built your brand and, uh, and how long you've been, you know, building this Gakoverse for before you decided to drop it. Yeah, that's a great question. I think that we started the project in March uh, and we have only opened our socials in July. So because we wanted to have this, this whole storytelling narrative in our socials, right? So if you scroll down, almost every our post is uh, in a storytelling way, right? And we also pushed a lot of riddles to kind of attract early community members and to give away whitelist. So we wanted to onboard this very thinking community that kind of values the whole storytelling uh, aspect and concept. But at the same time, it's all about, you know, the backend marketing, different kind of connections to the alpha groups, uh, asking for different collaborations with them. And we have also recently launched our own applications. Uh, we know that right now it's uh, an application meta, and it's actually a great way to have this intimate discussion with each community member because they can provide you this, with this valuable feedback. So I think that this combination of, uh, you know, different marketing tools have managed to get us to where we are right now. Yeah, which is like one, 140k followers. But yeah, obviously the, fo the followers count is not that important. The most important is the community on our Discord and the interactions and the kind of personal connections that we have managed to build. So, yeah. Wow. Okay, that's pretty cool. Mando, I don't know if you have any uh, questions for the for the Gakovers here, for, for, uh, for local... Uh, for Cristiano at home. <laughs> yeah, I just want Cristiano at home. <laughs> yeah, Cristiano at home. Maybe just the medium term, like long term vision for this. I like obviously have this this initial storytelling game. Like, where where do you want to be in, in maybe like a year or so, or or, mm -hmm. or, or longer? Like, what, what's 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 the medium term roadmap? Using roadmap. Yeah, yeah. We obviously have a roadmap, but I think that the. Uh, like short term, I mean, medium term and long term goal is first of all, we have some plans to launch a token in the medium term, but obviously, obviously, right now it's uh, one of the worst environments to launch that token because there, is, there will be no demand from, from the retail investors and it will go to zero. 
So we want to take some time, maybe eight months, in order to kind of user test the platform, understand the utilities of the token, the potential buying pressure for the token. And after that, we might have some token offerings. So on top of the NFC rewards and, you know, kind of the loot boxes, our holders will actually earn some tokens as well. So yeah, that's the first point. And the second point, I think that we will have more partnerships with uh, different Web2 brands. We're actually right now in talks with one uh, fashion designer brand. So yeah, hopefully uh, these stocks will come to fruition. And yeah, we'll see how it's going to play out. But uh, yeah, I guess the main uh, kind of use case and the main utility for our platform that I see is to onboard strong Web2 brands and to uh, provide access to their utilities through this platform, especially for our holders. So yeah, that's the vision. Okay, I like that. Yeah, I'm looking at your. I'm looking through your. Uh, of course, like before coming on, like we we obviously vet everything, check it out. So I was looking through your pitch deck, and you're talking about that exactly how you know your Web three storytelling. By the way, that's a nice deck. But uh, you know you have customers, and you you have Web three storytelling platform that will then be able to reward uh, you know uh, consumers in a way participants uh, in order to uh, to to just unlock more out of it. So how would you approach like a like Say a big brand approaches you in Web two, like how do you approach like uh, something like, like what what are the what are the what are the how does that benefit in terms like your holders like what do they get uh, from you guys um, partnering with uh, with these Web two brands? Yeah, that's a great question. So if we're talking about large Web two brands, I think that we will try to customize uh, the platform as much uh, based on their needs. So it will be a different platform compared to the platform to, you know available for the Gekiverse holders. But yeah, you've asked a very good question. How can we leverage this partnership with the brands? And the answer is simple. Within this Gecko platform, there would be a marketplace. And on this marketplace, we will kind of sell and uh, we will have the partner utilities, the partner products, some goods, merchandise, and sneakers if we're talking about the streetwear brands. And uh, essentially, our holders will be able to buy these uh, products without tokens. And I think that uh, those brands will need to kind of provide some of the products, you know, to our holders, because this way uh, they will be able to get a, a discount, for example, for our services. So it's a win-win situation for brands and for our holders as well, because the brands will essentially provide us, uh, you know, with their uh, merchandise and with, with their products. So it will be like barter payment in some way. Uh, so, yeah. Okay, this is really cool. And so let's get back into details, right? Before we before we close up, I think that was good. Uh, like obviously you know what you're talking about, like that. Uh, and you uh, and uh, you know and, and you got a good product in here in your hand. So maybe do you want to give again? A de- I know you're talking about it at the beginning, but definitely want to close up on that now. Like details again, like uh, pricing. I know you got dynamic pricing, which is cool. So maybe we explain that dates and what people should be looking forward to uh, in the next coming days from Gakovers. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So once again, on the high level, we're building this web free brand. And the main part of the brand is the interactive platform that will enhance the storytelling experiences by utilizing different blockchain technologies. And uh, also an integral part of the brand will be the IP and the world building, which will be supported by the Gekiverse and by the collection of, of digital collectibles. Yeah. So we will be providing this B2B gamified platform, uh, you know, that will create captivating experiences for users and that will incentivize them to interact uh, in order to earn rewards. So we'll be launching uh, tomorrow on Magic Eden. Uh, our space auction will last for about 24 hours and uh, the minimum bid is like 0. 0, uh, not 0.04 Ethereum. Yeah. So I think that the price is very accessible for the minimum bid. 
Uh, you can also place your bid later on. So uh, let's say you have placed your bid. Uh, it's like 0 0.04 Ethereum. You can realize that the average price or the clearing price of the auction is above the bid. You can bid more. So this way you can guarantee your mint. And yeah, we have kind of engineered this very flexible minting structure to make sure that we uh, come up with a fair competitive price. And yeah, that uh, it, it also guarantees that we're selling out during the auction. Because if, for example, there's going to be one bidder that will just place, you know, this minimum bid, uh, they will get the whole supply of the NFTs, which is cool. So we have a very, uh, we are hedging against, against, you know, not selling out and being uh, dead on arrival. So yeah, and as for the benefits, so holders will uh, get access to the platform, you know, within two weeks after the mint. And uh, as far as I have mentioned before, there will be multiple benefits to interact on the platform or just to passively stake. So yeah, and on top of that, you will be kind of the first, uh, you know, co-owners of the brands that we're building and uh, you'll be able to get access and get rewards from all of our future partnerships. So thanks so much, guys, for having me. So, yeah, I have a training session. I need to for the World <laughs> Cup. And, uh, yeah, uh, also my Man United contract is expiring. So after my interview, so, yeah, <laughs> pretty much soon I will be <laughs> without the club. So, yeah, I need to, oh, man. <laughs> to sell the oh, collections, man. guys, please. <laughs> Dude, dude, that's funny. So that was the Gackoverse, G-A-K-K-O-V-E-R-S-E. If you listen on replay, if you want to check him out for sure, thank you for, for, for being here today. It's been a pleasure. A lot of fun. A lot of fun today. Um, you know, uh, <laughs> great. I, I, you, you put me in a good mood, actually. So with that, with, I knew today was a fresh day, man. I don't know. I felt it in the air. I woke up this morning, went for workout, little cold shower, even though it's cold out here, and right back into it. You love it. Just in time to announce Uniswap as their media partner, the most trusted name in DeFi. You already know. With that, with that, we'll see y'all tomorrow. Same time, same place. 10.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 7.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time for another episode of Gem NFTs on Rug Radio. Let's go. Woo! Choo! It's a beautiful day. <laughs> to have a beautiful day. GM, GM. Oh, this beautiful day. Good morning, NFTs. With Loroco Sepp and Mando. Got the Alpha on Web 3. And it's all on Rogue Radio. It's a beautiful day. To have a beautiful day. GMGM. Rogue Radio.